Attention, attention, please. The Camp Ojibwa History Podcast is on the air. Welcome to the Camp Ojibwa History Podcast. My name is Christopher Thomason. I'm your host for this and many, many more trips down memory lane. The Camp Ojibwa History Podcast is a podcast dedicated to collecting the stories, the history, the memories of Camp Ojibwa for Boys in Eagle River, Wisconsin, founded 1928. This week's guest on the podcast, Jordan Stone. Jordan and his twin brother Max came to, the, came to camp in the 80s. Uh, you'll hear all about that. Uh, very energetic, very enthusiastic interview. Uh, you're going to love it. It's a lot of fun. Before we get to that, of course, a little housekeeping. Uh, as always, if you have not put it in your calendar yet, May 6th, 2017, OJ90. Be there for the big event. Just went and toured the space where we're going to have the event the other day. And man, are we getting excited. It's going to be awesome. And we need a lot of you guys to fill it up. we got a pretty big room because we're expecting a lot of people. So... We're going to see you guys out there. If you want to check out information about that, go to oj90.com, oj90.com, and check that out. Uh, as always, if you want to, if you have not gotten your Camp Ojibwa commemorative Brick of Fame, now's a great time. Head on over to campojibwahistory.org, click on Buy My Commemorative Brick, and you can get that taken care of right now. We're going to be closing up shop on those in a, in a few weeks because I have to get them, uh, get them made and ready to get in the ground for the summer. So time's running out on that. Okay, enough of this nonsense. Let's get to it. Here we go. Jordan Stone on the Camp Ojibwa History Podcast. First and foremost, please say your name and your years at Camp Ojibwa. Jordan Stone, 1982 through 1984. And the way that I heard about Camp Ojibwa, uh, my friend Steve Snower, uh, who lived in the same neighborhood that we did, went to the same uh, Sunset Ridge uh, grade school. He went to Camp Ojibwa the year before me and my twin brother Max uh, arrived there. Nice. So he went, came back, told you how amazing it was. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, we had we had heard about Ojibwa for a long time, and then... Uh, you know, we we were drawn to the athletic part of, of the camp. I mean, nice. that was the, the part that, you know, I wasn't interested in boating or, you know, sailing <laughs> sure. or, you know, going on a camping trip. Woodcraft. Yeah, right. yeah none of that. Yeah, I just wanted to play sports. So Very cool. That was, uh, and it turned out to be exactly what it was nice. at that time. I think so, nowadays it's not, it's more round, well-rounded probably. Well, you know, it, things change. Uh, I think in that time, that was before basketball had taken over. So softball was still the dominant oh, sport. Oh, yeah. You know, there was, the shift was starting to happen. We had Sunday doubleheaders, baseball, uh, new balls on Sundays. I don't oh, know if you know that, Chris. New, new softballs on Sundays. <laughs> I, didn't know I that remember that very well. Very well. <laughs> That's awesome. So, 80, 82, does uh, Denny or Mickey come to the house? Oh, certainly. Oh, come to the house? I don't like remember if they came to the house, but the movies. Visit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe so. I mean, certainly 
Uh, I don't remember exactly who came to the house, but certainly know, you know, saw, you know, Denny and, and Mickey and Al. Sure. Don't forget sure, Al. Of course. I mean, I'm there when Al's in, you know, in his elderly years, but still uh, <laughs> viable. And uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you get to camp, and I assume you take up a Keishan bus. We camp. absolutely rode the Keishan buses, picked that up at uh, right over here on Lake and uh, right off the expressway, Lake and uh, Skokie Boulevard. Sure. Got in the Keishan bus, ready for that seven-hour or whatever. I think about seven and a half. I don't remember. <laughs> about seven to Eagle River, straight north, sure. right up there to Eagle River. And damned if uh, Cabin 6 is not awaiting me, Chris. <laughs> now, I never I never took that trip as a camper, but I can imagine that that is the going there is the longest trip you've ever taken. Certainly, <laughs> certainly the first time. You know, when we first got in the bus, you know, you're, you're, you're nervous as hell to begin with. And then, you know, to go on a seven-hour bus ride uh, is, uh, is taxing, but... Uh, and anxious too. I mean, you're sure. looking forward to getting there too. So, but yeah, I, for my job now, I drive a lot. So now it doesn't seem like that much. I was actually <laughs> right near there recently, so it doesn't seem like that time. But you know, Keishan bus is a nice bus. Yeah. Can't, you know, we'll always remember the Keishan bus. Very comfortable. Very comfortable. So you get there, cabin six. What's the first thing you remember about arriving at Ojibwa for wow, the first time? First thing I remember of Ojibwa. Um, well, my recollection is one of the first things I believe they tell you. Because at that time, I don't know if it's still even part of Ojibwa, but you're either a Trojan or a Spartan for oh, life. Sure. For life. So, which I like. I like the idea of being it, you know. So myself and my brother were both Trojans. So I remember that. That had to have been pretty right away. I almost feel like that was told. But um, what do I first remember? Uh, you know, obviously the counselors. Um, you know, I remember one of my counselors, uh, Bruce Sesser, who was the editor of The Medicine Man, which sure. is a... I hope they still do the medicine Absolutely. man nowadays with the email. I don't know if they still print a newspaper. <laughs> newspaper business, by the way, is is a dying business. But yet, there is no better value on this planet, Chris, than a dollar for a sixty minutes worth of entertainment. So I'm a huge proponent of print, and uh, the medicine man never disappointed. I'm trying to remember, uh, Ted Scherter, I believe, Cabin Six, going off the top of my head right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, Approximately, you know, the two sides of the cabin. And basically, one side of the cabin was my friends from Northfield and that area. And the other side of the cabin were all the Highland Park kids in cabin six. So, nice. uh, was yeah. that big cabin? I mean, full cabin? No, oh, yeah, absolutely full. I would guess 12 kids. I'm right. guessing 12 to 13. Scott Goss, on the end, had his own little uh, rug that he had his own little, you know, area that uh, that no one could invade. But, sure. Uh, yeah, he's a very neat guy, very very handsome guy. Very neat guy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that that I remember. Um, I personally remember being very homesick. Um, you know, mm. that was really, you know, and I had my brother there, and we were both really homesick. So that took all. That was a big deal for a while. Um, yeah. Very, very difficult. Was very... And still am very close to my immediate family, and to go away was harder than I anticipated. I think yeah. I don't know what to expect, but it was uh, that was difficult. No and that's the thing with having it. a brother. Sometimes having a brother there can fix it, and then sometimes it just doubles it. it just yeah, makes it that much yeah. Worse. You would think it would be a comfort thing, and it, uh, now that I have kids, and uh, it, it, you know, one goes away, and without the other one, and they're not the same age, and I and I think they handle it better. So I think you're right, Chris. You make a good point. It, it was. Both of us were having a hard time with it, and uh, you know, to the point where my brother was writing letters with a map with an X on it, where to pick him up at the middle of the night. And, you know, uh, I'm sure they, uh, I'm sure if they remember, uh, 
we were probably notorious for uh, for too many tears at the beginning. But sure. Then things get uh, a little more uh, <laughs> regular. But uh, yeah. Well, I can I can tell you from experience that uh, even the worst case of homesickness usually lasts three days at most. Oh yeah. So yeah. No, it seems it was, like it's forever for the I kid. Know, it but was. The it truth was, is, it it's was fine. Uh, yeah. It was dealt with. Yeah. But uh, and back still. then, all eight weeks. So by the time you know, oh, yeah. you get past it, then absolutely on you go. You know, all eight weeks for sure. No doubt so going in, you you said you like sports. What were your what's your favorite sport? Well, the sports that that there, you know, which was great, was of course you know basketball, which we had. I believe we had you know the famous Warrior courts, and then we had sure. I think a couple other court Lake courts. I want to say, and so the, you know the basketball leagues were great. We had floor hockey league. Um, we had softball, of course, which. Thank God it's 16-inch, which is the way it should be played. Um, no glove, 16-inch. Yeah. Like I said, new balls on Sundays, double, <laughs> double headers, grapefruit league action, watermelon league action. Sure. Um, what other sports do we have there? Um, you know, those are really the main ones that come to mind right now. Of course, we had track and field and we had swimming, uh, those events. You know, we had the big track meet once a year or twice a year and then, um, and then swimming. But, uh, yeah, basically basketball – Basketball and softball were definitely the two biggest. And then I recall floor hockey. Uh, that, that comes to mind. But those are the ones that, that, that really come to mind. I mean, the best part about, you know, softball, you know, the rec hall was over here. And then you had the you had rec hall here and then the mess hall here. What was great was, you know, you had these, I'll even call them legends. You know, the, the left-handed hitter. Sure. You know, adults, <laughs> men, you know, counselors you know, would hit. Fly balls on what we'd call a mess hall shot. You know, hit the roof of the mess hall. And the right-handers, who would even have to hit it further, would have a lake shot. Nice. I mean, a, like, a, like, a, like a home run right to the lake, which was, <laughs> which you know, past cabin 13 back there at that time. I don't know. And then, you know, right in the lake. So yeah. uh, softball was uh, a big deal. Softball and basketball were definitely the two biggest ones. Yeah, those okay. guys taking flies out there on the main diamond. That really, like, that fires up the little kids. They get out there oh, and they want, they want to shag I mean, the flies seeing, and they want to see it. One of the best parts of the camp, without question, are the JCs. Are these, you know, you know, come from Chicago and, you know, you barely know anything about Wisconsin. And then all of a sudden you're up there and you're learning about, you know, this counselor went to UW-Lacrosse. This guy mm. went to UW-Stout. This guy went to UW-Whitewater. You know, it was great that the counselors, you know, were college kids. I mean, they were, you know, they were, they were fun. And, yeah. they, and they were athletes and they were, and they, and they had lived a lot more, obviously, than we had. You know, I mean, going to college is, is a whole different world. And these guys were living it. And, you know, it was fun. That part, I always liked the JCs. I thought they were the... The coolest dudes yeah. going. So a lot of your staff weren't Ojibwe guys. They they were guys who had gone Absolutely. to college Absolutely. They were not Ojibwe like guys. I mean, I think in Cabin 6, I mean, as the three years that I was there, I mean, there was definitely counselors that had matriculated sure, through camp. But the guys I thought were cool were the local guys, you know, the guys from Wisconsin that were, you know, Scotty Matsons And, I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of yeah, Ted Scherter. I mean, guys that were UW, you know, guys that yeah. – you know, went out after, you know, the cabin was closed and they didn't come back for a while. You know, they went to town and had a few pops. You know? Sure. Those guys. They know they're wearing around Eagle River. Like, yeah. You know? Especially now that I know what they did. I really like those guys. <laughs> better. It's funny because over the different, you know, there's different eras sort of of camp. And sometimes there's a lot of those guys. And then sometimes there's a lot of Ojibwe guys. Like sure. These days, I mean, we have very few, very few college guys. It's yeah. all Ojibwe guys. Yeah. But it the, just depends on how the how big the population of camp is and how many JCs stay sure. and all that stuff. I think they're probably, you know, listen. I'm probably better off with Ojibwe guys that have already known the ropes and could probably, you know, these guys were certainly there, you know, to, to make money sure. for school and obviously to have a good time at night. And, you know, I, I, I like that atmosphere better than more buttoned down. I mean, yeah. I think that, uh, 
I recall that being pretty cool. These guys were, you know, <laughs> you know, walking around with shirts. You know, who'd ever heard of some of these schools? You know right. what I mean? You know, and like so. you said, it gives you a different perspective. It's not just guys who are living the same life you, oh, you're living growing up. Here, no. Here's a guy who I mean, grows these up guys middle were, Yeah, yeah, these guys were meat and potato guys. Yeah, these guys, you know, <laughs> knew how to have a good time, and uh, nice. that was a great part. Uh, I, I like those guys. Nice. Now you mentioned some of your counselors. Who, other than Scott Goss, who are some of your uh, uh, cabin mates that you had? Along well, the I could, you know, I mean. From my schools in my area, you know, Steve Snore, as I mentioned previously, uh, was from Northfield. He went to grade school with us. Um, Jeff Finkelman went to high school with us. He was on our side of the cabin. Scott Goss, who went to Nutria High School also uh, with us. Uh, a kid by the name of Andy Racklin, who went to grade school with us. Uh, one year, a kid that went to grade school with me named Dan Sturch came for one year, I recall. Um, that was our side of the cabin. The other side of the cabin were all Highland Park kids. Uh, Dancing Dave Friedman, uh, Greg Sheenan, the Magic Man, nice. um, <laughs> Cookie Monster, Jeff Cook, uh, Reed Valfer, who never ate one fucking thing this whole time he was at camp. <laughs> I've never seen a kid ate Pop Tarts the whole time. Never ate one thing. I've never seen a guy not eat. Uh, Brent Bohm. Uh, Jared Kohler, I believe, was a kid. So, yeah, I mean, those names are entrenched in my mind. And, nice. And, the, and, you know, Cabin 6 to Cabin 9 to Cabin 10. I mean, I don't know how long those kids went to camp, but, I mean, sure. they were in my cabin. I, I, you know, forget maybe one name here or there, but they were, that was a continuous oh, so you you guys know, were progression basically, yeah, from 6, time. 9, yeah. 10. You know, nice. that was sort of my, Very cool. my three cabin in, in, in order. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Pop-Tarts. Let's talk about the food. What was the camp food like? You know, food at camp was fine. I mean, I always, I never had a problem with the food at camp. I mean, I wasn't eating salad like some of these kids were eating there, but I certainly, you know, breakfast, you know, I really don't recall the food ever being an issue. I mean, mm. I don't remember, you know, obviously what, you know, two days a year or it might even have been one day a year was the greatest when Al Schwartz would come out of out of hiding and he would come out on rib day and he would go his favorite line is roll them and he'd go crazy <laughs> every kid would put on their ojibwa t-shirt because we would just take the sauce and wipe them right on our shirts <laughs> our white ojibwa shirts and uh i mean i remember that very well rib day um obviously i remember canteen you know canteen you know every day you know uh a candy bar or, or whatever sure. I, I, I forget if they took away canteen if you did bad in 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 you know your grading of your cabin and mm. clean up but uh yeah i mean you know truthfully the food was always fine i mean i think it was oatmeal in the morning if i remember right the thing i liked about meals too is during the week uh you ate with your team and i mm. always really liked that about the week i mean hell i think they should all moved in together too would have been great <laughs> just I mean, switch I really it have everybody move I, out I, I, and then each cabin you know, is one collegiate week as every meal with you know there was very few meals to, uh, uh, uh Chris, that wouldn't go by where the week starts now. It's very few meals. <laughs> and, of course, we had Nooms. We had a counselor, Mark Newman, known as Nooms, that would drop a couple plates, and he'd be he'd immediately scream Nooms the whole camp. Nice. Of course, uh, at the meals, we'd have the red light come on, sure. which would be quiet, please, and everybody would be quiet. And then we'd have to hear in the morning, you know, if the White Sox or the Cubs, we'd always get the results, which I always appreciated. And, uh, yeah, I mean, meals were... I guess the guy in the end had a stack, I guess. I you know, or wait I I don't remember that much about it, but yeah. uh the food was never an issue. That I, I don't remember saying, Oh, food's terrible or the food was it's just fine. Yeah. It was good. Uh so you have mealtime now we were talking for just a second before we turned on the mics about sports and about which sports kind of appealed to you and didn't. But uh, when you got there, were you already a swimmer? Did you like the waterfront at all? Um well, you know, the waterfront brings up a lot of, you know, memories, you know, so 
you know, I well, you know, I knew, like, you know, I went to Camp Tamarack before I went to Camp Ojibwe as a kid for a long, long time. So yeah, I learned how to swim. I knew how to swim, so that wasn't an issue. I wasn't going to drown or anything. Sure. But uh, yeah, I wasn't into swimming at all. I wasn't interested in swimming. But of course, you know, I know it's 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 passe to talk about this, but one of the big things at camp was dipper shower, which certainly you know brings the waterfront you know into play. You know, <laughs> I mean, nowadays, you know, I'm sure they don't do it anymore there, but you know, when Reverly went off, you know, you were you got your ass out of that cabin fast in your robe, neither you jumped in that lake nude or you got in the shower, and believe me. <laughs> Unless it was a wash-up. Now, those are the golden words, Chris. When you hear, <laughs> wash-up, wash-up, that means it was raining out, and you just had to wash up in your cabin. You didn't have to go oh, anywhere. nice. Yeah, that's wash-up like was always a good one. Yeah, free oh, pass. That was very rare. Very yeah. rare. Usually, and by the way, for time's sake and everything, I just jumped in the lake. I sure. mean, I rarely took a shower. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, the guys that had balls jumped in the lake for sure. You know, yes. and, and, and in retrospect, it's fabulous. I mean, dipper shower. Don't get me wrong; I wasn't looking forward to jumping into a cold lake at seven right, in the morning. Right. But it was, uh, you know, that's the way it was. I mean, you didn't question those type of things. You didn't. <laughs> that I was mean, just, nowadays some kid would boom. sit on it, you know, whine about it, or you know, sure. or parents would take him out of camp or whatever. Then, you know, and then after you jumped in the lake. Then we did calisthenics. Oh, pardon me. We did calisthenics first. You lined up in front of your cabin, and then uh, it would be Al. Al would lead you in calisthenics. Al would lead you in calisthenics. Even at that point. Yeah, all yeah. the like he like the first guy that was out, boom, he immediately gets to go. First guy cabin that's in line gets immediately the shot to dip or shower. The rest are calisthenics, and then. Uh, as they're going, he starts pointing different ones. So they try to spread it out a little oh, bit to I go to, gotcha. to, to dip or shower. But, uh, you know, you go and take a shower. That's kind of, you know, that's a, that takes a little while. And then you come back, of course, and then you tidy the I forget if we did the cabin before we went to breakfast or after. I would assume before. I would assume we got dressed and made our stuff and then got over to, to mess off for breakfast. Mm-hmm. I don't recall. But dip or shower certainly has a uh, – but as far as the lake – um, yeah, I wasn't, you know, my brother was a really good swimmer. They had that swim meet once a year. Sure. And, uh, but know, did you like water skiing or like fishing? Never water skiing. Kind of never, stuff no. Had no interest in doing any of that. Yeah. And frankly, wouldn't even know if the camp offered that. I mean, honest <laughs> to God. Sure. But at that time, that was really, I, I don't, I can't remember, remember anyone that would go sailing or, you know, yeah. you had your camp trips, you know, you filled right. out your thing. So I'm a, you know, we were obligated, forced, was a better word, to go to one um, camp out a year. Oh, Which okay. was great because the kids, four, I remember four kids got lost. Speaking of crying, oh man, <laughs> these kids were gone. I mean, it was really touch and go for like four hours. These kids wow, came back really? hysterical crying. Oh, they were lost. Who God only knows where this is like went. an off camp camping trip. Oh, yeah, this overnight. was our one, my recollection is one day a year. I'm sorry, one day a camp, you know, season, you had to go on an overnight. And uh, I wasn't a fan of the overnight, you know. I mean, I just, I, I I, you know, I didn't grow up going on camping trips or sure. learning how to pitch a tent or, you know, that was just completely foreign to me. So yeah. I look forward to getting back to camp. Um, you know, the trips, I remember, we, I think we played, I think golf was one of the the things on, on, on camping, uh, on your, um, on your trip days. Biking, I think, I know mm. biking was definitely one of them. Um, but yeah, you would fill out, you'd check a box. Oh, to kind They'd of say, what, what do you want to do check on a box trip? what you wanted to do, right. And you had money. In your little envelope that was in the bank there. So for trip days, they'd give you some money out of your account, so to mm. speak. Yeah. So that was always fun to have some cash uh, on sure. you, you know. So that, but, that, yeah. So that was, but the waterfront itself, I never water skied. I've never water skied to this day in my life. I've never been up fair. on water skied. So, uh, yeah, I was, 
you know, they made you swim, I guess, if I remember. But I wasn't interested in swimming. Yeah. You talked about the trip day. Now, did they still do the uh, the long hikes, either like the hike to the Clearwater store or mm. the hike to town at That's that point a, or no, something? No. There was never a hike to town. I mean, town, of course, was the hugest, you know, goal of, of all right. goals. But, but you could you could earn town with, like, Honor Cabin, I assume? Correct. Yeah. There was a, here's a couple ways that town were earned in my recollection. One was Honor Cabin, definitely, and that was rare. Um one was me and my brother and a bunch of our kids in our cabin signed up for like a, how do, on Parents Day we did a performance, you know, mm. that was sure. choreographed. I mean, it was a singing, it was, it was, I don't remember, I remember the, the thing was called the No Bomb Singers. And believe me, not many people can remember this. N-O-B-O-M-B. Oh, yes. You were part of the, the hold on, I know what it is. It's the. Uh, if you the, get this, Chris, the, you better get this. The New Order. No, uh, no, uh, no. It's something of marching you babies. Ready? The newly organized. <laughs> Brotherhood of Marching Babies. Yes. Yes. So, you know, that got us a trip to town. And you know sure. what's in town. Let's talk about what's in town, Chris. Alexander's Pizza. Okay. This is at this time. Now, right. I don't know what the hell's in town now. Oh, Alexander's, Alexander's is still Pizza. there. A&W, of course. Okay. A&W with sure. the home of the Papa Burger, which is, by the way, just had a Papa Burger recently. It was fabulous. Very Love nice. A&W. Um, but you had Alexander's Pizza. You had A&W. Then, Allure... Uh, like like the Loch Ness monster, like Bigfoot. There's a gentleman in town. In now, I hope you know who this guy is Chris. There was a guy in downtown Eagle River that always had two laundry bags and one over each shoulder, and he stood by the train tracks. That was Buckets, and Buckets is real. Buckets is alive. I saw Buckets <laughs> a year after Let's, I was out of Eagle. We got to go back. We got to go back. So okay. I have never heard. You've of never buckets heard of Buckets. At all. Give me the whole story, top to well, bottom. Buckets is. I mean, Buckets is is fame. I mean, Buckets <laughs> is. You know, this is twenty years ago or whatever. But Buckets is in downtown Eagle River. He's got one laundry bag over his right shoulder. He's got one laundry bag over his left shoulder. He's a skinny gentleman. I'd estimate about five eleven with a uh, maybe a hat on. I don't know if Buckets wore a hat, but you know, it's funny. The year after we came up. With to see Steve Snore's brother Craig and his parents drove us up there for a day for Parents Day or whatever we came up to see, and I was talking about buckets the whole time up there when my brother was talking about buckets and Steve. You know we had seen buckets many times. Sure. And that they, and the parents thought we were out of our minds. We're, we were lying to them. And sure enough, we ride into town and there's buckets standing right there. Wow. Yeah. I mean I haven't Googled buckets, but my guess is you know buckets <laughs> probably got his own website. I don't know. I mean he strikes me as a guy who would know. What do you feel like buckets was doing? Like oh, I think buckets was. Definitely, uh, you know, uh, a townie. Definitely a guy, you know, that was a passerby. Uh, sure. But certainly not, it, not trouble. I mean, Buckets never talked to anybody. Well, what I mean to say is it just seems like a lot of laundry for one guy. No, this wasn't so his often. laundry, Chris. This was his belonging. <laughs> I this, see. These weren't, you know, this, he wasn't walking to the laundromat every time I, I saw him. No. That would, he'd have to, <laughs> unless he had 365 days of laundry. Sure. Uh, no, he was, uh, sure. He has issues. Buckets had mm. issues. But that's part of the beauty of camp. When you remember yeah. guys like Buckets, that's what makes camp great. I mean, you know, the food runs from A&W, mm. you know. I mean, you know, that that's those are the things you remember. I mean, but yeah, going to town was great, but rare. I mean, yeah. uh, I'm trying to think where else was in town. Really, those are the ones that step up. Now, when I went to camp, Elliot Friedman, Cabin 13. Sure. He chose the movies. We had movie night every Sunday night. Okay. Now, when I talk about movie night, Chris, I'm not talking about, you know, some DVD player. I'm talking about on the reel, reel, you know, the reels come sure. in, put it on the big screen. On the big when screen. I say big screen, I'm talking about a movie screen. I'm not talking about some projection TV. I'm talking about an actual movie with film on a projector. Okay. So three of the greatest movies, two in particular, but, you know, Elliot, 
got a lot of got a lot of guff for some of the movies he picked. But I'm telling you, in three years I was there, two of them are beyond classics. I would put them in two of my top ten of all time. Wow. One of them, and and of course this is the first time I've ever seen these movies. Sure. You know, I'm ten or eleven years old. So in, the, in my number three hole, uh, Robbie Benson starring in One on One. Okay. Uh, basketball movie, uh, a, a fine movie. I really like it. Still stands up today. But you know, I'd give that a solid three stars one on one. Now we go to the four star movies. Okay. All right. This gentleman, Elliot, picked one of the all time greats, The Great Escape. Now, The Great Escape goes three hours. It's probably the greatest cast, one of them, of all time. Now, you have to understand, it's in black and white. Now, we're, you know, young kids, I mean, and to see what we saw on The, the Great Escape is one of the greatest movies ever. And God bless Elliot for picking that movie. That's a ballsy pick. It is. Three hours, black and white, Correct. with a room full of kids. And basically. Nazis. Right. And everything. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, and everything. I mean, there's, you know, I mean, it is yeah. a tremendous movie, though. I mean, you know, the Cooler Kings, Hills, you know, Steve McQueen, James, sure. a young Jimmy Garner. Um, just, just fabulous, fabulous. Uh, and then, to this day, and this movie spawned, God, it's got to be four sequels to it. The original First Blood. Oh, the wow. original First Blood with with, with Johnny Rambo, <laughs> sure. um, you know wow. the original one where you know he's just walking like buckets, right? Minding his own business like buckets, walking through town. <laughs> they they jostle him, they mess with him, and then you know what happens next, right? You know John Rambo takes on the whole town until Colonel Troutman finally corrals him <laughs> at the end of the movie. But fantastic Rambo, movie. Oh, First Blood's a four star movie. Sure. The Great Escape's you know a classic. Right. So. You know, movie night, we got our popcorn, we got our canteen, we went to the movie. Nice. And uh, fabulous. Just yeah. fabulous. Well, I know Al Schwartz is a big fan of, like, war movies and that kind of stuff, so I'm not surprised to hear that both Great Escape and First Blood made the uh, made the cut. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. I mean, to this day, I can remember, you know, just entranced, you know, sitting there like, I cannot believe we're seeing this movie. How great is this movie? Yeah. Just true. These days, it's basically gone, but on the 4th of July, we do an outdoor movie. We project up, we put no up kidding. sheets on the side you of the mess fireworks hall, and we do no fireworks. Yeah, uh, I remember we had fireworks. We had, our 4th of July always would be, we go down the lake. The Ojibwe Singers. Now, I don't know if they sure. call them the Ojibwe Singers. They just brought them back this past year. So, oh, yeah. Although now they're called the Ojibwe Ambassadors. Oh, okay. Well, the Ojibwe Singers, this is my memory of the Ojibwe Singers. The Ojibwe Singers had these really cool, like, Letterman jackets. They were button-down jackets with white sleeves with Ojibwe. It was a red jacket with white sleeves, the Ojibwe across the chest. Um, a couple of guys, uh, you know, David Kite, who I went to uh, high school with, and his brother Brian Kite, who was older. I remember them as the only Ojibwe singers I know. To this day, I don't know how one became Ojibwe singer. I assume almost you had to try out. I really yeah, believe for that sure. because was, there was some pretty heavy-duty singing going on there. And then they'd throw those fireworks up over the lake, uh, and uh, yeah, it was always. Uh, you know, I think I think there was a little Yankee Doodle Dandy played. Uh, sure, sure, seems about so, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Maybe someone dressed like George Washington or it something. Could have been. You know, I, you know, maybe Denny dressed up as George. It seems Washington. seems reasonable. It does. Now you mentioned singing and a lot of singing. So one part of camp that's always been there, in oh. addition to the sports, is the rec hall stage. Oh, absolutely. So did you have any experience on the rec hall stage? Well, just that no bombs, you know, the no bomb singers. <laughs> that was the only time I was on stage singing, as far as you know, an actual theatrical type sure. musical performance. Now, of course, during the week, which was more important, you know, we had fight song. And right. alma mater, and um, you know that that to me was more important. You know, I sure. mean, those are points that are that need to be had, Chris, for the week. So, uh, you know, hands down, one of the top top things that we and my brother will attest to this, and I, I hope a lot of people was learning the fight songs of all the colleges is one of the great parts of that camp. Yeah, I and mean, I can sing those songs to this minute. I mean, every <laughs> one of them, and I and I love them all. I mean. 
you know, I was on, you know, I, I started in my first year on Pennsylvania. You, oh, Pennsylvania. nice. That's a rarity. Penn I didn't did. last very many years. I at sure camp, did. So it. that's nice. And, you know, at Penn with uh, my, 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 uh, my counselor coach, uh, Ben Seville. And uh, second year I was on Illinois. And of course, you know, the Illinois fight song with uh, Mark Levy, who was my counselor as well. And Ben Jacobson. Uh, I remember that. And then my third year, I was on Princeton. Um, I'm trying to remember who my my captains were that year. That I does I, for some reason Ben Jacobson rings a bell again. But mm. uh, yeah, so learning those songs, but then hearing all the other ones. I mean, right. you know, that, those days it was basically Big Ten schools and uh, you know Air Force in the in, in the service academies. You know, yeah. Air Force, uh, Navy. Uh, nowadays, I've seen these guys. These, these schools that I've seen now are like holy mackerel. Yeah. You got schools that are way diversified all over, all the, over the country yeah I when mean, i started we we still we had sort of a locked number and they didn't change at all and then uh, people were anxious to maybe get some new yeah, stuff in which there. i understand so I, now I bottom three teams are out each year oh you cannot even bring those teams back they, they go away They're like relegated They're they, out. they can come back after at least a year off so they can get voted back in but then the new the three new teams get voted on by the no, who staff. picks the, the, see my my recollection is you know, they named the coaches. It was it was the SC and the JC. Mm-hmm. You know, it was two. I almost want to say, yeah, I guess it was two. Yeah, it was the SC and the JC. It was the head, the, 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 the senior counselor would be, and then the JC. And then they, you know, they'd assign those guys as, ca- as coaches for the week, probably the beginning of the year, I'm sure. Yeah. And then um, they'd pick their own teams. I'm pretty sure they weren't assigned those teams. I, right, I, I'm right, very all confident. Picked. They yeah. picked whoever, the, you know, what they wanted. And, you know... The big change when I was there, my brother won the week, which hopefully we'll get into a lot more about this, but uh, he was on Cal Berkeley, and that was unheard of Whoa. then. So that was Brad Balson, I believe, came up with that idea, J.C. Brad Balson, uh, for uh, for Cal Berkeley. Yeah. And, you know, no one had heard those songs before. No. You know, so... Uh, and they're definitely a statistical anomaly in the history of Collegiate Week, I will tell you that. We have these pennants along the backside of the record. They're of a the And there they are, right up there. They're you there. see Cal Berkeley, right like, whoa. Well, that's a very sore subject, and hopefully we'll get into that, Chris. I, you know, I was on Illinois, and we lost the week by one point. <laughs> Second place. <laughs> My brother and me, he was on Berkeley. I was in Illinois. There was a lot of controversy about it. Of course. In my head, there's a lot of controversy. Of course, a lot of controversy. A lot of to, controversy. This day, to this day, <laughs> what, I have not accepted that the, result. What's the root of this controversy? Like, where, well, where does all, it start? Okay, so here's, this, here's the root Let's of it. Let's get into it. All right, so my first year at camp they was the last year in 82 that they did what's called rec hall picks. Sure. So in 82 is the last year, and basically it really hurt the feelings of a lot of older kids that weren't picked in the first five rounds. Because what they did, they did literally have a draft. I had the rack hall. All keep, all, a whole camp would be there, and they would announce, just like you'd see an NFL draft or any professional sports draft, they would go through the first five rounds. Those were called rec hall picks. And apparently, and I can't necessarily fault them for it, but, <laughs> you know, some, you know, you certainly felt badly if you weren't picked, especially if you thought you deserved to be in the first five rounds. I sure. was young enough at that time where... I wouldn't have been picked in those rounds anyways. But so the second year came in and they started this thing where it was like a snake. Like it, they, they'd tell one kid and then he'd get another kid's name and he'd run to go tell another kid. Mm. And then he'd go tell another kid. It was kind of when I say snake, it just kind of like it was like a long like like a line, like, you know, almost like playing telephone. You know, hey, you're the sure. So what happened was my brother was on Cal Berkeley and that night that he found out that we got it. He was whisked out of the cabin at night under the, the guise of darkness. Oh. And he was taken. They filmed a, their, their, a skit on film at that time, and all indications are that that was against the rules. 
That's what I've been told. Wow. And, and I believe that to be true. I mean, just for them to have the stuff to do it in 1983. Right. Very they, impressive. They did the stuff. This is 83. They did the stuff, <laughs> but they were taken out. And my understanding, it's not that they, they put it on film. That wasn't the egregious error. The, 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 the thing that should have penalized them is you were not allowed to be as a group. You were not allowed to be, you know, together as, as, as one team off time, so to speak. Off, I see. You know, the I weekend see. started. So basically, they were they were meeting when they weren't they were allowed to be meeting. They were assembling as a That's team. And my understanding, that was that was Absolutely. Against, so, And before so, the week even, well. Before they, the week started. They yeah, were picked, there but the no events, events. I see. No events, events had started. started. That was the gotcha. evening of the, of the formation of teams. Gotcha. And uh, there's another thing that happened. There was a camper there. I'm, I'm going to leave his name out. But there was a camper there. Much younger than we were, who had a, had some issues uh, just in general. He was on Berkeley. He had been penalized numerous points throughout the week. Now I don't know if you've ever seen that, but I saw Denny Rosen take points away right sure. on the spot during the week. Sure, uh, from his own son, by the way, uh, numerous <laughs> times, which I which I always enjoy. Probably mostly from yeah, his own yeah. son, <laughs> David Rosen, you know, who was older than me, uh, you know, and a smartass. He, you know, a great athlete though, but uh, he would uh, he'd get his too. But uh, so yeah, so sure enough, the whole week goes out. And uh, it's amazing. You know, it's funny. At those times, there were team events. And, um, you know, at certain times during the week, uh, JV and SV, are, you know, they separated it by age. It was, it was half would be the senior, you know, whatever they caught. So there, were, there was a full team event called um, field hockey. It's field hockey, but at that time, you, you know, you had a stick. Sure. Basically, a, a floor hockey stick, a, a plastic st- hockey stick, and you it would be a wiffle ball and there'd be goals on the other side. So it was really close. We knew it was close because they announced the scores, you know. Right. You know, and put in the medicine man, blah, blah, blah. So going down to the stretch, my brother, Cal Berkeley, got into a shootout like the second to last day of the week against, I, I don't remember who. But these points were going to be absolutely pivotal. So it was a shootout, and the whole camp's there now surrounding. Is it of the course, only absolutely. Because it's going to a shootout. It's, Once it's, it's a shootout, everyone's Yeah, there. and it's overtime. You know, all the other events have ended. You know, your box hockey, your tug of wars. You know, these were the team events. I mean, great events. So um, so the shootout's going, and it's going. It's ending about the fifth round of the shootout, and my brother comes up for Cal Berkeley, and I'm standing there. And to this day, I don't know why the hell I rooted for him, but I was so nervous for him and so rooting for him i say that in jeff's of course i was rooting for him he's my brother and i love him but in sure. retrospect if he misses that shot he made it if he misses that shot <laughs> illinois wins the week and he finishes second <laughs> so you know now i feel bad that i rooted for him but he he, he was he was he was a terrific athlete wow and, uh you know uh but uh the week is indelible in my head all all three years i mean you know at Penn, when I was my first year, I finished third. At Illinois, I finished second. And at Princeton, I finished third. Um, I can remember it like it was yesterday, all the events. I mean, I can remember in the first game at Princeton, I was uh, – uh, no, it was with Illinois. It was with Illinois my second year. I, it was a rec hall-based softball game, and I was in, like, right center. And there was – you know, I was one of the youngest guys on this team. Sure. And there was a pop-up between second and the outfield, and I didn't call for it. And I figured the guy would catch it, and he didn't. And we lost the game to Wisconsin, and it turned out to be Oof. a real bad loss. And I and I remember just mad at myself that I didn't call for the ball. You know, I mean, events like that. I mean, box hockey certainly. I remember though one of my great accomplishments in in, in the week, also uh, with uh, Princeton in my third year, we were playing hot shot. You know, hot shot. It was free throws and hot shots. So the youngest kids would shoot free throws, and then 
the older kids would do Hot Shot, which was a, which is still the coolest thing ever. At that time, it was called Pepsi Hot Shot because Pepsi invented it, but it was different spots which were worth different points on the basketball court. You'd have to hit the spots. You'd get you know longer shot on the spot the more points you get. Sure. So it went to overtime in that. And a kid named um, Matty Freeman. Matt Freeman was our first pick. Uh, Matt Freeman also went to New Cherry. He was older than I was. And uh, we had to pick a guy to, to shoot for us in overtime. And I had shot a lot of baskets in my time there. I, had my own, you know, I shot baskets a lot of camp, and so did Matt Freeman. So he had, we had shot a lot together. So this other kid came up. I'm not going to name his name. And said he wanted to shoot. And he was, you know, and I said, hey, kid wants to shoot you. And Matt Freeman said, no, <laughs> you're going to shoot. <laughs> and, and I was on the left side of the Warrior Courts. Okay. And a kid that was a real good athlete in camp who I ended up playing basketball against in grade school who went to Elm Place, Mike Morgan, uh, was on the other side. And I can guarantee you Mike Morgan was a favorite in mm. a lot of people's minds. And I kicked the shit out of him. I blew him <laughs> out. I destroyed him in that. And then we ended up winning uh, that. And uh, it was great. I mean, I, the, the highlights from the week are, uh, you know, I mean, something as goofy as this, Chris, you know, we had, you know, we'd walk in and we, you know, we walk in for our song and it'd be, uh, it would be uh, Princeton Tigers, go Princeton Tigers. And my line was, and I actually, this is how sick I am. I asked for this line. I was in charge after the Princeton. I'd go, go Tigers. That was my line. That was just, just me. That was sure. my, my big, my big moment there. So uh, nice, you know. But uh, the week was, to this day, I mean, I, it was the. I mean, hands down, the best part of camp. I mean, you know, there's a reason they say the week starts now in the first week of camp. I mean, you know, uh, seventh week of camp, you know, it was uh, the best. Absolutely yeah. the best competition. I mean, you know, very competitive. And I love that. I mean, straight to, to the point of tears. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I and mean, there's nothing. Nowadays, Christ, everybody gets a trophy. I don't mm. even know what happens at, at, at camp now, but it's every kid gets 12th place probably gets a trophy. But well, then, you know, it was, I will say a third place does get a trophy, but there are 12 teams. Yeah, so it's a little, yeah, you, I mean, know. This, you know, I'll tell you where my second place trophy is you know, in the garbage can. You know, that was like nothing. You know, that was, you know, it was, uh, but it was a thrill. It was always a thrill. And the week was just. So cool. Well, let so me ask cool. you this. So a few years after that, uh, in the late 80s, they switch and move Collegiate Week to the last week of camp. But while you're there, it's still the seventh week. So there's a, I, there's a week after. I like that there's a week after. Because you need to say, be What's that like? Tell me what that week is like. So well, first of all, as you, I, the week after the week, you're, you're exhausted. It's the week, <laughs> number one. Number two, you realize the finish line is one more week, and, and, you're, and you're ready to go home. But at the same time, I can't imagine going home after the week because you're so you got to decompress from that. Now, I remember my recollection is, and I could be wrong, but I doubt I'm wrong. After Collegiate Week ended, I believe there was a Sunday before the last week camp, which was a lazy day, mm. which you could sleep in um, that day. I, re- I remember, I think it was called Lazy Day. But, uh, you know, the last week of camp was just, I'm very confident we still finished leagues out that week. We right. had to have. I mean, sure. you know, there's no Playoffs or something. Playoffs, yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, b- 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 yeah. Because as you talked about earlier, I believe, you know, where you've got those plaques. Now, they're all still, are they all still in the mess hall? Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, is there, have they been taken, because there was, I can't imagine there's that much room. <laughs> well, one thing, we, we did expand the mess hall a little bit. Okay. So that's got, because, we bought a little I space mean, that way. You know, at that time, those leagues, you got your name on a plaque that would go up there. I mean, that was a big, big deal. Now, one of the names I remember, and I never knew this gentleman, but it's a great story for Camp Ojibwa. Um, when I, before I got to camp, there was a kid named Velcher Dawson that went to Ojibwa. Sure. A phenomenal athlete, obviously, and from Highland Park. Now, like I said, older than me. And um, 
I remember seeing his name up there mm. um, on basketball champions. And, of course, he went on to, to be the 12th man on the 1985 Villanova National Championship team. Um, you can see the highlights. He's the one with the goggles on. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's short. But uh, that's that's a great feather in Ojibwe's camp that uh, nice. Meltzer Dawson went to camp there. I always I always like that tidbit. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the leagues would end. And, hell, it was important to get your name on that thing up there. Sure. I mean, that was a big deal. Now, Still. <laughs> now, one I mean, thing that... Go back and- that I don't know if they still do it. And even at the time that I did it, I don't know if it was a big deal to a lot of people. I think a few people, but not. But uh, there was the SL Warrior Run, Scott Leventhal. Now, I won the SL Warrior Run two out of the three years I was there. Wow. My brother finished second both times that I finished second. Now, the third year is another controversy, even though there's no film to back this up. So <laughs> I think I'm winning my third year, too. Sure. And I finish, I'm like... And they say this kid, Joey Krausford, is like an hour ahead of me. I believe that there could be some question <laughs> on whether he did, but, but maybe he's a great runner. But I just. Perhaps you know, Joey Krauss did not run the entire. I don't know. He might have cut in somewhere. Say, yeah. I'm not really sure mm-hmm. if there was, you know, but uh, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He was a good kid, so <laughs> I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Sure. Yeah, the SL Warrior run, you know, headline medicine man, you know, champion SL Warrior run. So that was. Yeah. That was and that was another big July 4th event, right? I don't remember exactly what day it was, but yeah, it sounds like it was around then. But, you know, listen, in all candor, most of those kids had no interest in running three miles, and I, sure. I don't blame them one bit, you know. So I think the, the group that was actually running to win was, was probably a small group. But it was, uh, <laughs> it was always fun to win the SL Warrior Run. The cool part was actually, besides, you know, winning and getting a trophy and, you know, the headline of the Medicine Man, the next year, they started using numbers, and I remember as a oh. as a returning champion, I had a very low number. I think it was like eight or seven. Nice, you know. So you That's know, cool. I was a pioneer. Yeah, I just remember that because the coolest part also about what I hope we'll get into is uh, is Letter Day because now, okay, I assume kids don't write letters; it's probably email. I don't even know what the hell goes on now, but, <laughs> but we had letters then, and the cool part was we wrote letters on the back of Medicine Men. Mm. So now when I go to my parents' house. Thank God they're both alive, and they, they saved all this stuff. You know, I'm reading a million medicine men, you know? I mean, that's, awesome. that's the coolest thing in the planet, you know? I mean, they should archive all the medicine men, you know? I, that would be the greatest read. Well, I'm just ever. saying, there is a guy doing that. And if you I have know. any, please send them my I, way. I, you uh, know, we have a bunch of them. And uh, I have to, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, when I go back home in Pittsburgh to my family, I, I, my parents, I will, I will gather them all up and bring nice. them to you, Chris. I've got two or three complete years from the 60s. And then I've wow, got... Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, because there were some people who just saved them. And yeah. so, and they got in like the whole I got thing. a bunch, you know, from those three years. So I'll, I'll bring it yeah, to you. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, it was... Uh, Medicine Man was a great thing. I mean, that is, you know, there was a working press. There. Yeah. I mean, let's, uh, that's fabulous. I mean, and it really gives you a, a picture of what camp was really like, and even in a way the Warrior doesn't. Like, it really is like oh. the day to day of the camp. It, you know, one thing we have to talk about are the mixers. Now, I don't know if you guys still have mixers now, but sure, of course. that was great. I mean, Nicolette would come over Ooh. and Kawaga, Agawaks. Oh, pardon me. Co- a- Agawaks, the Agawak girls. is the girls. Yeah, yeah. so Kawaga spelled bad with the Agawak with the girls. So they would come. But one of the interesting things, speaking of food that you asked earlier, you were not allowed to dance. Pardon me. You were not allowed to eat unless you danced first. Oh, that's interesting. Which is smart. Yeah. Believe me, nobody would have danced. Right. So you know, you're, you know, the girls are on one side, the boys are on the other <laughs> side. You know, you're, you're nervous as hell. You know. Sure. You know. You know. I mean, but it was. Uh, I remember those very well. You know, that was in the rec hall. That yeah. was in the rec hall. I remember that. Another thing in the rec hall that comes to mind, which was great. So Trojan Spartans, which we talked about earlier. So when I got to there, Spartans was winning a lot more than Trojans when I first got to camp. So. All the all the, all the Spartans met in the mess hall. All the Trojans met in the rec hall. So we got this. This is on the eve of Trojan Spartans, which I believe was either a two or three day event. I can't remember. It might have been two days. 
So our head, our Trojan leader, uh, you know, counselor that was the head Trojan was a guy named Ken Gorlick. And Ken Gorlick gave one of the greatest speeches in the history that I've heard to this day. This guy was impassioned, and I'm, this is no joke. Every kid ran out of that, out of the rec hall, and the Spartans came to the mess hall, and there was a brawl right in that, in that, in the rec hall field. There was fist fights going on. I mean, and uh, my recollection is the Trojans did pretty well when I was there. I'd love that to get verified somehow. Wow. I don't know that to be a fact. In my head, though, I believe the Trojans got some wins while I was there. Probably two out of three years, I think. Yeah. But uh, if you'd like to check that, you can go to campbelljibblehistory.org and check out the plaques. Yeah, I for need sure. to know those results. <laughs> I need verified results too, Chris. When yeah. we first went to camp, you take your Campo Jibble T-shirt and then they put that stencil on your back. That's oh, what I it see. Was, that's what that was your uniform. It was like a print. You know, it was like. They just slap it on you, you know. You get a T-shirt and have Trojan, you know, with a, you know, emblem and the Spartan. That that was it. There nice. was no colors or anything like that. It was just everybody had the Ojibwa T-shirt, but that was on the back. And then the other time, as I said, when ribs. It was the only times I remember wearing Ojibwa T-shirt. Nice. Getting the ribs though is the best part. <laughs> Rolling them with Al Schwartz is the best. Sure. But, you know, some other things that come to mind, Chris, that were just phenomenal. I mean, you know, Reveille played, and then you know it was Dipper Shower. Then at night, Taps played, and you know. As a young kid, just learn revelry, be able to, and to be able to identify revelry and to know what tap sounds like is, in retrospect, a wonderful thing. Mm. You know, I mean, those are, I, you know, those are very important, you know, songs sure. in, in, in our country. So taps would play, and then, you know, lights out, and then Mickey would come into our cabin every night, every night, and he would say, "Cabin nine, all in, all in, Mickey. Good night, cabin nine. Good night, Mickey." I mean, that was every night. Mm. I, I assume they don't do anything like that no, anymore. No, we do. Yeah, we, we still do. do. Absolutely. Who comes in and says, uh, Danny? Joel. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's one of so he's the director. So he comes in and says, is everybody in? That same exact line? Absolutely. Holy man. All in, That's Joel. Trem- night, boys. Night, Joel. Gosh, that is tremendous. That is tremendous. Now, we had uh, we had the infirmary, of course. I'm, sure. I'm thinking my... You know, rarely we're in the infirmary. I always like, though, to get a nice sick tray in the infirmary if you need a little air conditioning or whatever. Maybe a little <laughs> hide in there. We had roving doctors. Now, one of the doctors who was famous at camp when I went, because I would say out of eight weeks, he was there three of the eight weeks. Now it's Doc Knock. Oh, Doc sure. Knockman. Uh, right. And Doc Knock, there had been a legend about Doc Knock, just like there was about Buckets. Now, I had heard forever when I first got to camp that, that the most famous thing Doc Knock would do is he would sing Rock and Robin. Now, you know, I, you know, so my second year of camp, sure enough, Doc Knock gets up on stage at the, uh, at the rec hall and he did a phenomenal rock and rock. I mean, there was, there was no, there was, there was no, uh, you know, building it up. It it met, it met the standards. It was phenomenal. And to this day, rock and rock is one of the great songs. Sure. I love rock. Now I've heard some of the legend about that. Now, did he like play a record while he was doing it or he he just sang it and rock and just correct. Yes. He just got up there and he danced like crazy and, you know, tweet, tweet, rock and rock. Wow. Yeah. He was, he was absolutely out of control. I mean, it was, it was phenomenal. (laughs) <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal. Now, the thing I didn't like about Doc Knock, what I didn't like about Doc Knock was from, was from Highland Park. Mm. And what Doc Knock fashioned himself as as, as a basketball shooting guru. Ooh. So he would take the kids from Highland Park only, not anybody else. Ah. He would take only his favorite kids from Highland Park, and he would stand at the free throw line and work with free throws and work on their shooting form. And I was always jealous about that. I didn't think, you know, I was, I, I felt I needed to be acknowledged by him for my play, but it never happened. Gotcha. But anyways, That's yeah, fair. Doc Knock. 
Doc Knack was uh, was uh, was an institution at that. Camp. And he was a pretty good athlete. I mean, certainly as his camper years and then as his adult years too, he was a pretty well, good. Well, but I certainly would know Doc Knack. He was certainly way past his camping years. I mean, right. when would he have been in the camp in the '60s? Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, I don't doubt it. Tall guy. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, he was a mess hall shot kind of guy. I believe yeah. it. I bet he hit mess hall shots. You know, as Doc Knack. You yeah, know, I, I don't doubt that. But uh, I mean, there were some really good athletes at that camp. I mean, uh, really, really. Uh, admired a lot of the kids, you know, yeah. um, cause they got after it. I and mean, I think I can speak for the kids that I see now, my kids and other kids and just in general, I mean, nobody has, there's a lot of kids now that don't have the guts and the, and the want, you know, it's, it's a different, it's a different time. I mean, even though it's only 20 years ago, believe me, sure. these kids now with the computers and the, and the playstations and the iPads and the iPhones and the email and the texting, yeah. all that bullshit. And they don't want it, man. They, 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 they don't have any heart. A lot, you know, I mean, they're good kids. They're sweethearts. But they don't. I mean, very few kids now really want to go out and, mm. and work, you know, and really want to, you know, get it done. So uh, I really admired the other campus for that. I mean, there was no quarter, there was no quarter given. There was no quarter taken. Yeah. There, was, there was guys that wanted to win, and they wanted to win bad. And uh, they'll, they'll kick your ass physically. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. it was the real deal. I mean, it was no uh, – there was a lot of fights, and there was – it was it – was, it was camp. I mean, that's what, you know, it was guys, you know, now, right, right. you know, that's what, and that's what I expected. I mean, that's what I liked. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, uh, good stuff, man. Nice. Good stuff. I mean, I mean, thinking about meeting you today, thought about a lot of memories, you know, my brother, like I said, he's, he'd been talking a lot about it too. And, uh, we've, we've, you know, we, we talked about it a lot lately. There's so many great times. Uh, nice. A lot of good times. Well, the last thing I always like to ask, sort yeah. of wrap things up, is yeah. simply uh, you're a grown up now. I and, am. Uh, you've been living life and doing all that stuff. How do you think those years at Ojibwa affected your life? Oh, I think first and foremost, it's just paramount that kids, you know, their parents, if they, if they can, send their kids away from camp. It was invaluable from a growing up standpoint. It was invaluable from a competition standpoint. It was invaluable from a friendship standpoint. Uh, you know, nowadays, some kids don't ever go leave home. You know, they, they go away to college maybe and they haven't been anywhere or even if they don't want to go away to college. I just think it's so important to learn how to live on your own. And, you know, it gets, you know, it's just a start, but it's a real important starting point. You know, being on your own, writing letters, you know, uh, or, or emails, you know, being away from home, being out of your comfort zone is a good thing. And of course, you know, camp is camp, you know, any camp, you know, how wonderful is it to have a, a beautiful day to, to compete and to, you know, have fun and, and, and make friends. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun, Chris. And, uh, you know, thinking about it with you is brought back, you know, leading up to this interview and, and this is, it's been fun. Thanks for having me. I, uh, Thanks. I really enjoyed it. I All right, man. Well, it. thank you so much for coming Thanks out and taking the time. Me. Thanks buddy. Great to be with you. Okay, that is it. Another one in the books. Jordan Stone. Uh, like I said, short-lived camp career, but an overly enthusiastic, fantastic uh, interview. A lot of energy. Clearly, those guys had a great time while they were at camp, and it was awesome to hear some of those stories. Uh, I, I had no idea about buckets. I mean, now I feel like there's a whole new thing I have to, a whole new guy I have to track down in the Eagle River area and talk about some camp history with. Buckets, where are you? Buckets, if you're listening, give me a call. Drop me an email. As always, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you know how. Drop me an email, Christopher at CampoJibbleHistory.org. Of course, you can always just swing by the website and check things out over there. 
new stuff going up all the time. That's it over here. You guys keep listening. We've got another big show for you next week. But for now, I'm heading outside to have a cigar. Mm-hmm.